Welcome to Scriptures for Life, a ministry of Trinity Evangelical Free Church in Boise, Idaho. In a troubled world riddled with endless pursuits, we have a place of peace and rest in Jesus Christ. We invite you to join us in worshiping Him and following Him in a life-transforming journey. Now, here's my friend Mark to introduce today's sermon. Good morning. Trinity Evangelical Free Church in Boise, Idaho welcomes you. Ever have to listen carefully to get directions or reread those you threw out? When was the last time you read God's Word with as much care to get good directions? What do we do when we're in an emergency? Do we go to His Word first? In Joshua, God's Word is not a reference text. His Word tells Joshua and all Israel what to do next to go forward into a new land and conquer it for God's glory and Israel's success. Second Peter tells us, When trials attack us, we are bought with Christ's blood to follow God's word to fulfill his promises in our lives. He alone will completely fulfill his purpose in us. We will walk in his word with the courage that Christ has saved us for his glory. How many of you consider yourselves to be good instruction givers. You're good at giving instructions. Yes, I think all the wives should raise their hands. The tougher question is, how many of you are good instruction followers? How many of us are good at following instructions? Not so easy, especially when it's a life and death matter. Or think of yourself Understanding the idea of giving instructions or following instructions. Remember the last time that you were in the car with a friend and or your wife, and you were going to a certain place where you both knew the directions. And there was traffic, and there were some detours. How many different directions were offered in that car? Go here, go there, make a left, don't stay here. And you just want to be, I know how to get there, just be quiet already. That is the way that sometimes we treat God. In church right now, as things are pleasant, we all want to be good instruction takers. We're taking notes. We want to do what's right. We agree with what God says. But when it all falls apart, and it's a life and death situation, you fall back to your natural instincts. It's why whether you're skydiving or you're scuba diving or any other crazy sport you may do, you're taught certain procedures of safety. And you're supposed to practice those in season and out of season so they become part of you. Even those that are, I would say, if, they, if it's a matter of life and, and personal defense, one of the most dangerous things is someone with a weapon that has not been practiced, practicing how to use it, how to cock it, how to prepare, what to do in a situation. There's churches that prepare what to do in case someone walks to the door and they're armed. What do you do? We're good at listening and appreciating instructions. We often fail at following them. Turn with me to the book of Second Peter chapter 1. The idea is, uh, we know there's so many stories like these. Back in 1998, uh, two friends got into a Cessna. One was a pilot, one was not. True story. Uh, They were flying from uh, 
Indianapolis to Muncie, Indiana. One was um, Wesley Sickle was the, was the pilot. He was 52 years old. And his friend, Robert Kumperschmidt, good German name, uh, 81 years old. On their way to Muncie, Indiana, um, Wesley had a heart attack and died at the wheel in a Cessna 172, small plane. What do you do? Uh, Wesley got on the, got on, Robert got on the, on the radio right away. He uh, called for Mayday as the plane was diving. And it so happened that an airport, small airport in the area, there were two pilots there manning the control tower. And they said, we got you, we got you, don't worry. Do this, grab that, pull back, uh, ease up on the power. And they, they taught him all of these emergency procedure in the air on the way to the airport where he was going to land. And they told him, if you follow us, Word for word, you live. Well, the story goes where he did come in and he went around the airport a couple of times and he took the, the last, uh, last leg, final approach. He bounced several times, destroyed the, the, uh, the propeller as he dove in the ground, but he survived. That is one type of situation where you listen to instructions more than anything else. You pay attention. Why don't we do that as Christians? Why does sometimes the Bible become a reference book that makes you feel good and helps you make a left turn or a right turn in good decisions, but when everything falls apart, you may do like King Saul did. He went to the witch of Endor to ask for advice and ask for direction, just as if we would open up a Chinese cookie to see what, what, the, what the fortune tells us. Oh, in First Peter, Second Peter, chapter one, from verse five, it's an example, a simple example of what these instructions look like. But do I dare ask ourselves how many of us know these next verses by heart? How many of us know Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 by heart? Whatever things are true, whatever things are honorable, and so on. Think on these things. Look at 2 Peter. For this very reason, there's trials and persecution coming. And Peter says, for this very reason, you were, you were bought by the blood of Christ. For this very reason, make every effort... Meaning, your primary call in life is to make every effort to follow God's Word in season, out of season, in sunshine and storm. Trusting God, whether you see the ending of the situation, circumstance or not, make every effort to add to your faith. The Word it gives the idea of furnishing to your faith, building up to your faith, add to your faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, self-control, steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, godliness with brotherly love, and brotherly love, brotherly affection with love. In other words, as you look at these climbing and growing list of things that must be added to our lives, be part of our characters, we won't even know, understand what love is, let alone brotherly affection, unless we have faith, virtue, self-control. These are simple instructions. Do you have them written down? Do you wake up every morning and say, okay, here's my list for today. I'm going to follow the Lord. We say we want to follow the Lord, follow Jesus, follow the Word. But do we follow it by the letter? That's exactly what God is telling Joshua. 
that you're about to enter a land that wants to destroy you, destroy everything you believe in. The people will be tempted and tested and people will fail and people will die. As we know what happens in the book of Joshua, as we go on and read it, knowing it, it's the time that we live in today. And unless you write it down, unless you understand it, unless you look at Scripture as I must live in order to live, in order not to fall into temptation, or to walk in sin, or to give up, I need to follow the Word step by step, word for word. Verse 6 of our text, Be strong and courageous, because what you do will impact the life of the people around you, for you will cause these people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. The way you live impacts my testimony. And you being connected to my word, there's a supernatural connection of that word into your life, through your life, that gives me glory and keeps you strong and blessed. We talked about this in the last couple of weeks, that we need this strength in causing people's lives to discover and give their lives to Christ to be a blessing. Why do we need strength? Without being strong in the Lord, you won't be a blessing to the people around you. People will avoid being around you or spending time with you. And yet, when you're strong, which means a whole different thing than what the world understands, that strength. It's that meekness, that power that is controlled, the kindness and the gentleness. When you're strong and you're a blessing, you'll restore people and their lives being gentle. You'll help ease the burdens of people. And you'll live to forgive you will not be shocked when people offend you, strike you, hurt you. You'll say, yes, I got one more chance to forgive someone. Think about that. But that's what God honors and blesses. Well, what happens to your wounds? That's what Jesus does. He comforts those wounds and heals them. And then we want to start with this phrase, that I swore to their fathers to give them. I tie back all that I've said and done, says God, all the way back to Abraham. And you don't even know it, but it begins to build on fulfilling the promise all the way back to Adam and Eve. In their failure, there's a promise of a Messiah, a promise of a Redeemer, a forgiving Redeemer. And so now, Joshua, I'm telling you that I swore this land I'm going to give them through you, I committed myself to it. So this is not just the strength to be a blessing to others, but this is where your strength is tied in beholding. Not to the blessings or circumstances, not to people approving or cheering you on. You behold to what God has spoken. We come right back and you may think that we are repeating the same phrase over and over again. Brother Paul and everyone else, it is in the Word of God. It is alive, it is strong, it is powerful, it corrects, it disciplines, it guides. It is this Word that when we behold it, remembering what God has said to our forefathers, which proves that God is the same yesterday and today and forever to the point that He will not fail you. 
Because that's the question. Oh, God forgot about me. God's not listening. God is failing me. What does God have against me? He didn't fail Isaac, didn't fail Jacob, didn't fail Moses, didn't fail Joshua, didn't fail David. You think that's going to drop the ball with you? I swore to your fathers, to their fathers. Paul reminds us the strength of this promise. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. In a way, it sums up all of these promises from the Old Testament. For all the promises of God. Now, there's promises in the Old Testament that are behoven to the people of Israel. But in a way, because we also are children of Abraham, because of and in Christ, those promises are transferred and given to us as we see them written and presented in the New Testament. All of these promises that are given, they're not held back with a half hand behind the back. In other words, all these promises of God find their yes. God, can we? Yes. God, will you? Yes. God, maybe? Yes. They find their yes in Him. This is why it is through Him that we utter our amen. Amen means Let it be so. Amen means I agree with that. We need to say amen to the Lord, to the Word, to each other. Because then when we say let it be so, it means I'm in agreement with. And that's where we apply that verse that where two or three agree. God is in the midst. That is why through Him that we utter our amen to God for His glory. Abraham... Every step from leaving Ur to moving on from one city to another, building and raising his tents in the desert, going for that promised land which he had not seen, every step was a step that was made from love and trust in what God had promised and that God's word was and is eternally good meant for him and his children and his children's children. Look at Romans 4.21. Abraham fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. And that's the fulcrum of faith. And that's where it takes the searching of the heart for the Holy Spirit to break your heart and mind that we would truly believe that God is able to do what he has promised concerning you. Can God do it? The battle has always been. Did God really say? Can God really do? See, God is holding back from you. That's the enemy talking where Abraham says, you know what? He fully believed. And then the verse says that these prophets and these people, they did not receive their blessing in their lifetime. They were given the promise. They lived by faith so they would be a blessing to us. Trusting that God would be able to give and fulfill. Understanding that their promised land was not here on this planet. Hebrews 6.13 further underlines this promise that God makes. And he repeats the promise he made to Abraham. Promise that he made to Isaac and Jacob. The promise he made to David. The promise that he made to Jeremiah. I am with you. I'm working out my plan in your life. 
all of this has been built up. And by the way, this is what that verse means in Hebrews chapter 12. All of these witnesses, it's not a matter of people sitting on the edge of the clouds looking at us. No, the witnesses that have walked before us and they trusted God, whether they received it right away or later on or when they went to paradise, they trusted and they followed Hebrews 6.13, for when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself on his own name. Remember, when he walked with Abraham through the sacrifice, the splitting of the animals, that covenant, God walked by himself, Abraham was asleep, and God said, I will hold myself to this covenant saying, surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. All this, Joshua, remember, be strong and courageous. I made a covenant. I swore I'm going to give it to them, and I'm going to hold that. How does that not apply to your life? At one point, Paul says, For I know in whom I have believed, and I've given him my heart until that day. I trust God, no matter what. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. For people swear by something greater than themselves, and in all their disputes and oath is final for confirmation. All these promises, all these legal documents being signed many times, they're not worth the paper they're signed on, but that's not with the Lord. If He's spoken to you, He's promised to you as He has in His Word, you hold on to that. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of His purpose, it relies on Him, His character, the unchangeable, loving, just, holy, all-powerful character of God. What is promised, believe it, as we later on will see what these promises are made to you. God says, I will keep these He guaranteed it with an oath so that by two unchangeable things, what are these two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have a strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. Those two things, God Himself and God's Word, His covenant, God does not lie. If we believe that, understand that, now we begin to walk it. God gives us the strength to be obedient, to be a blessing for this very reason. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. All of this is true. I'm going to use you, I'm going to lead you, I'm going to guide you, you be strong and courageous. And now the second time, be strong and very courageous. He adds that extra emphatic powerful be very courageous why be strong and very courageous being careful to do according to the all the law that Moses my servant commanded you do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go and here we see that God comes across to Joshua say listen I give you the strength that is uncompromising Don't turn to their life. Don't turn to their left. Don't make small compromises. Don't say, okay, only this time. Be uncompromising. But this rises only from God's principles. How do you get to be strong character? Comes from God's word. 
So for many years, 10, 12, 13 years, I skydived almost every weekend. Many, many times in a weekend. On the other hand, I scuba dived once in a while. Now, something happens when you do something on a regular basis, it's, it's, it's in you. You understand it, you know it, you won't make any mistakes. Now, because I only scuba dive once in a while, this is something that my wife never saw. Scuba diving, the difference between scuba diving and skydiving is this. In skydiving, you know you're dying right now if you have a malfunction. In scuba diving, you're dead, you just don't know it yet. You can't be at certain depths for longer than a certain amount of time. You can't come up to the surface fast. You got to stay for two, three minutes at 20 feet. You cannot. If you will, you get the bends, you die. Or you wish you were dead. Now, because scuba diving was only once in a while, whenever vacation took me to the ocean somewhere, on my own, boy, did I reread those books. Boy, did I rewatch those videos. Because no one could save me at that depth, I was responsible. And those instructions were so real to me. What do I do if this happens? What do I do if that happens? Especially when I used to skydive with my sons, I'm responsible for them. So every point of instruction was so real to me because it meant life or death. None of you woke up this morning thinking you may die this afternoon. None of you expect to die this afternoon. I hope none of you die this afternoon. But how many people still watch and are careful in the way they drive on our roads. We're getting more and more distracted drivers coming from all over the place. They turn right and never look left. They go straight and never look left and right. They just think the road is theirs because people don't follow the instructions that they got when they got their license. You study so hard to get that license and afterward, afterwards, oh Lord have mercy. Following these instructions in a spiritual sense is a life and death matter. We don't show up on Sunday morning because it makes us feel good. Because when we understand in our growth and maturity, my growth and my walk with Christ will actually impact somebody else's life for eternity. And if you understand what that means, that hell will be thrown in the lake of fire where the smoke never dies. And people will be given an eternal body which will be perfect to feel pain. Forever and ever. Take that to a logical conclusion, though it has none. So how do we take these instructions? This is where God tells him, be strong and very courageous. You want the strength to live for tomorrow? For when that storm comes, it's too late to open up the instruction book and say, now what do I do? You do it now in time of peace. You learn how to handle the storm This uncompromising strength, it comes from God's principles. And he says it very, very, very carefully, being careful to do according to all the law. Now, what does this look like? First of all, your strength is built upon and grows as you live out obedience. It's called for living obedience. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving us each other. Bless us, Lord, that we would learn in your word how to love, forgive, and encourage one another to be strong and act with courage. You bless us to exhort, mentor, and challenge each other. 
to show your grace and mercy through our lives and what we say and do. Remind us, Lord, as your word tells us in Hebrews 12, those before us have trusted your word and promises through faith. The faith of our fathers that you have granted in Christ Jesus our Savior. Help us remember your mercy, grace, and faith are gifts that you have given us so that we will walk in the paths you have prepared ahead of time. Thank you for listening to Scriptures for Life, a ministry of Trinity Evangelical Free Church in Boise, Idaho. For more information about our church, visit us online at trinityefcboise.org or by phone 208-322-8801. Our church is located at 1777 North Allenbaugh Street in Boise. We'd love for you to join us for Sunday worship at 11 a.m. Join us next week at this time as we go through and apply God's Word on Scriptures for Life.